Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Let's get to our guest. Vasu Menon is with us, Executive Director of Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank Wealth Management on the line from Singapore. Vasu, thank you for being with us. At the top of the hour, we're going to get these data points for the uh, Chinese economy and our forecast indicates that they're likely to show modest improvement in the month of July. Is that a safe bet at this point? Uh, Doug, good morning. And uh, yes, I think it is a safe bet uh, to show that you know China will show a slight improvement in July compared to June. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But the key word here is slight. You know, there are still several headwinds in China. Uh, there are still COVID lockdowns taking place. There are COVID flare-ups taking place in China. Uh, you've had stimulus, but no big bang in China. Uh, so, you know, yes, the economy is uh, slowly getting back on its feet, but it's a gradual uh, recovery. But even with that gradual recovery, there are still headwinds ahead in China. And so, you know, China is not completely out of the woods. Uh, China, not completely out of the woods. But what do you think in terms of that uh, quarterly monetary policy statement we had from the PBOC last week that kind of sounded a warning sign about what you've seen from the US and Europe in regards to stimulus and their uh, efforts to kind of fight inflation too? Does that mean that we don't see as much stimulus coming through from the pipeline in China? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chinese authorities do not uh, undertake the big bang approach. Uh, I think they clearly don't want to overstimulate the economy. They've done that before. We've seen what happens. In fact, they're still paying the price for it in, to some extent because, you know, we've got the property market bubble, partly because of previous stimulus as well. And uh, I think they'll be gradual in the way they, they manage this. You know, uh, they, they've got they're fighting against several global headwinds, uh, you know, that are beyond their control. So they'll manage this carefully. Uh, and But nevertheless, you know, they've got the dry powder and they can, uh, you know, invoke the dry powder if they need to. But uh, I think they'll move gradually, not the big bang approach. Something else must be afoot. If you look at the credit data from last Friday, shockingly weak numbers, aggregate fan, uh, financing nearly half of what economists were expecting. What's going on here? Well, you know, uh, the reality is that, uh, you know, Main Street in China uh, is still not doing as well. Right. Because, you know, the economy is still slowly getting back on its feet. Yes. While, you know, the government can push for stimulus, the PBOC can supposedly push for stimulus, get the banks to lend. Uh, the real demand out there is still fairly weak because of what's happening with the COVID situation, because of what's happening in the property sector. That's a drag in the economy. You know, so I think it's a reflection of the fact that, you know, real demand is relatively weak. You know, corporates are careful. Consumers, to some extent, are careful as well. And, uh, you know, that's partly coming through in the credit data you just mentioned. Uh, Vasu, when we look at the, I guess, kind of bear market rally that you're seeing in the S&P 500, what kind of helps to propel that further? Is it a dovish pivot by the Fed or have we kind of seen a top in this rally? Well, you know, yeah, the markets have uh, surprised everyone. I mean, the S&P 500 is up almost 17% from the uh, middle of June. I mean, that's quite a big move upwards and a uh, few things have propelled it. I think the earnings season has uh, propelled it 
partly, I mean, you've got better than expected earnings coming out of the US, but the question is, is this sustainable in the coming quarters? Uh, you've not had any major surprises, you know, more than 70% of companies have exceeded market expectations. I think the other factor you just mentioned is a dovish pivot by the Fed. I think the uh, better than expected CPI numbers, the decline in PPI numbers that we saw last week has resulted in, you know, markets uh, changing the expectation uh, to a dovish Fed. But I think the Fed is uh, not ready to turn dovish. Uh, they might do that, you know, sometime later this year or early next year, but hey, they're not ready for it. So when we're looking at markets, uh, we have seen some momentum coming through in the Asian stock benchmark, but the durability of the recovery already being questioned. And we've got analysts predicting the biggest profit drop for Asian equities since the pandemic started. So does that mean that we see kind of an underperformance here from the MSCI Asia Pacific Index versus what we're seeing in that rally we saw on the S&P 500? Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, Juliet, I mean, uh, you've already seen that underperformance take place. I mean, the U.S. stock market is clearly taking the lead. Uh, it's charging ahead. Uh, it also came down the most, uh, you know, when you saw the correction. And, you know, so therefore, you're also seeing a nice rebound in the U.S. stock markets and Asia is lagging. And I'm not surprised because, you know, the U.S. dollar is very strong. Asian currencies have been generally weak. Uh, monetary policy in Asia expected to be, you know, tightened to support the currency to some extent. And so there are headwinds in Asia, too. I mean, of course, you know, we talked about China quite a bit uh, and China remains uh, uncertain for Asian economies. Uh, so there, there are issues with Asia, you know, uncertainties with Asia. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you abandon Asia altogether. I think, you know, medium term Asia is still a good story. But, you know, in the short term, at least, uh, those headwinds will play out. I promised to go somewhere other than China in this segment of the conversation, but I've got to talk to you about uh, what the PBOC has just done. They have reduced the rate on the one-year MLF to uh, 275 from 285, so a cut of 10 basis points. What does this tell you? Well, it tells you that, you know, they're ready to provide some degree of support to the economy. They recognize the fact that the economy is uh, languishing, uh, but they're not prepared to do, uh, as I said earlier, the Big Bang approach. I mean, China is moving away from that approach. It's a bit more selective, uh, a bit more gradual. Uh, you know, you're fighting a lot of headwinds, global headwinds, especially the strong, uh, the very aggressive Federal Reserve. So, you know, I think the PBOC is saving its uh, bullets probably for later on or another day. I mean, uh, but nevertheless, you know, the signal they're sending to the markets is that, you know, they're prepared to step in to some extent uh, and do what they can. How uh, attractive is the Japan story for you? We've got the Nikkei 225 on track to erase a year-to-date loss and we're looking ahead for a rebound in the economy too with those second quarter GDP figures. Well, you know, Japan, yes, you're right. Japan is an interesting market. I mean, uh, the yen has weakened. Uh, now it's starting to strengthen once again. You know, inflation in Japan appears to be coming back. Um, we've got a neutral rating on Japan. We've got a neutral rating on US, Japan, and Asia X Japan. Uh, so we don't see anything exceptional in Japan at this juncture. But as you as you highlighted, I mean, the economy is rebounding quite nicely. Uh, and, you know, the Japanese economy is not open yet. I mean, many other economies have opened up. Japan has not opened up. And when they do open up, they'll get that, uh, you know, the pent-up demand stimulus for the economy. Uh, you see tourist flows coming in, greater travel within Japan, more spending taking place. And that could be good for the Japanese economy down the road. Yeah, and the guys on our M Live blog were pointing out that as part of this uh, second quarter GDP report, it is preliminary, we get that. But the deflator for household consumption, excluding rent, was up 1.3%. Is it too soon to say maybe that in the consumer sector you're seeing evidence of inflation and maybe, maybe we're close to some kind of inflection point where we're on the other side of deflationary pressures? 
Uh, possibly. That, I mean, uh, you're not seeing any major inflation in Japan yet. I mean, inflation is picking up. As you said, consumer spending is picking up. Uh, inflation is also picking up. Japan is, you know, not an isolated case. Uh, but, but you know, it hasn't gone up enough for the VOJ to say that, look, uh, we need to start tightening. And uh, but, but it's a good sign. I mean, it seems to be showing some turn around the corner. And uh, I think that's uh, one reason why investors and, you know, uh, markets have turned slightly more positive in the Japanese economy as well, and the stock markets, of course. Just a very quick word, Vasu, on uh, ASEAN. I mean, we're looking at uh, recovery in Thailand, really lifting the bar and uh, getting back to those tourist levels too. Is that still an attractive play? Uh, well, you know, Thailand is not one of our topics, but nevertheless, you know, again, the Thai economy is uh, getting that stimulus from tourism. Uh, one of the biggest stimulus you get from, you know, you get from uh, COVID-19 reopening is tourist flows picking up, mm. and Thailand is a major tourist attraction. So, yes, you know, something to keep in mind, but uh, China, Singapore, and Hong Kong are our topics for Asia. All right. Vasu, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Vasu Manan, Executive Director of Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank Wealth Management here in Singapore. This is Bloomberg. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.